Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode 136. It's a harder box cutter life for us. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, our special co-host filling in for Ross this week is the next host, allegedly, of Dancing with the Stars, Mr. Shane Bourne. <laughs> Fantastic to be here. Um, of course, I won't be bringing back, thank God you're here, this year, so I'll be out there judging the Foxtrot and um, the Watusi. <laughs> and what am I? Um, <laughs> the Tango. <laughs> And uh, what other dancers, Josh? Can you uh, throw the samba, the samba, and uh, <laughs> the the thrill seeker? The the, <laughs> the thrill seeker. How are you? That's it. That's nice. I'm looking forward to filling in for Dags. He's a champion, Dags. I love him. It is, of course, the very talented Lawrence Mooney. Yes, uh, I wonder the, whether they really thought it was Shane Bourne. The, the man of two voices. <laughs> <The man. laughs> that is very nice. That is a beautiful put down. The man of two voices. And one of them's not quite his own. But uh, is that true? That's, is... the, that's, that's the rumour that, we, that, that we've had. You, you know who knows a little bit more about it, maybe? Mm? The man to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Uh, now, uh, now you've you've spoken to Chongy. I've spoken to Chong Lim, and uh, he tells me that he's the last person that they ever tell anything about the show. And well, uh, right. he's actually been he's he's very busy and he's moving studios, and he's been over in Malaysia. So, um, not the best person to be in the know. I'm sure he'll just turn up on the day and uh, and conduct oh, the yeah, orchestra and, and do what he needs but, to do, regardless of who's there. Yeah. He hasn't even been told when it's uh, coming back. Really? So, no. have, have you? Watched Shane's work in uh, Homicide in the City? Yes. Or is C- it C- C- City, City Homicide? homicide. So, excuse me. Uh, there's, there's been a homicide <laughs> in the city. It's, it's a city homicide. It's a stabbing or a shooting. <laughs> We're going to have to solve it. He, uh, he's, he's, a li- he's, he's a lot more uh, down key. Than, but, uh, <laughs> than the stand-up that I remember. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Shane's quite a talented actor. And, of course, his, his persona that he created for, you know, comedy and telling the great Australian joke on Hey Hey It's Saturday was so large and so recognisable and so, uh, you know, imitated by the likes of me and Paul McCarthy and a million others uh, that it's very hard for him to overcome that when he's on screen. But sometimes, you know, his character's quite subdued and he's talking about, you know, a murder and uh, the, the point of entry. And then he does that thing where he licks his lips. Yes! <laughs> and you just go, you're waiting for him to go, ha ha, Murray! <laughs> you, you know, if he ever does that, oh. <laughs> it's it's uh, one of those hard characteristics for him to drop, I think. Yeah, that is uh, that is a tough one for him. We, we, we are going to talk to Lawrence uh, at length, when I say at length, for about 10 minutes, yeah. about your, your history and, uh, and experiences in the world of television. Well, let me tell you that I could have uh, ended up on as the host of Dancing with the Stars. Can I tell you this story now? It's a, it's a kind of a... It's an anecdote. Go, go, go. go, 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 go okay, go. good. Um, a friend of mine uh, is now executive producer in charge of production and development at Channel 7. Mm-hmm. And we first met on The Denise Show all those years ago. He was my segment producer. And uh, very funny guy, very dry wit. One of those people that uses the term talent and uh, in a disparaging way. Yes. He has come on talent. <laughs> uh, 
And um, he rang me up the other day, you know, and he will always leave a message like this. He goes, uh, G'day, mate. I just ringing to find out whether are you still in the industry or <laughs> what's going on? And I found out that he was working on Deal or No Deal. In one of his previous lives, he was producing Deal or No Deal, and I was um, hard up for some cash a few years ago. So I rang up, not wanting to be a contestant on Deal or No Deal, but seeing whether there was a job. And he goes, well, Dixie's going away. Would you like to do the warm-up? And I said, oh, I'll come in and watch a couple of records and see what Dixie does. Now, Dixie is the warm-up king. Mm. There's only a few in Australia, and Dixie's one of them. Um, I, I remember the, the warm-up he used to do for Tonight Live. With uh, with Vizard. It was and excellent. He's very animated. He has to, you know, um, heard in three different audiences because it's, a, you know, possible three or one yes. of those blocks is going to be cho- chosen to hold the briefcases. So he's warming up three different audience blocks. He's getting the whole thing going along. He really works hard. He's funny. He's lovable. He's animated. I watch him. I'm thinking this is exhausting for the money they're paying per day. And uh, I watch a couple of records, and he introduces me to the audience, and I have a bit of a chat to them. And then uh, I go home, and Stevie rings me that night, and he says, "So, you know, what would you, uh, what do you think about coming in to do warm up?" And I said, "Listen, mate, I'd rather sit down to a plate of my own feces than do warm up for that show." <laughs> and uh, he said, "Yeah, I know exactly how you feel, buddy, and I respect your decision because I'm just sitting down to a steaming plate of my own right now." <laughs> And with that, said, see you later. (laughs) And so that's a producer who really, you know, had no illusions about what he was doing in television. Yes. Because sometimes I think it does feel like that. Yes. And that's that's what Box Cutters is all about. Sometimes television (laughs) feels like that. (laughs) And smells like that. And it is that sometimes. But, you know, always warm. Yeah, so. <laughs> and so familiar too. Yes. <laughs> we're uh, we're also going to talk about uh, well, you know, on the topic of things familiar. Ray Watch, uh, we'll we'll be talking about later on some things afoot at a current affair that uh, we need to discuss. There's also a, a small things you may have missed. A little bit of quiz, the answer to last week's question. Duh. Tough one. Some pork, but as always, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. Channel 9's announced uh, that it's going to rest Temptation for a little bit. Uh, Resting it like a, like, like a good leg of lamb before carving it up for tasty, tasty dinner? No, resting it like uh, telling its hosts, our friend Ed Phillips and Lavinia Nixon, that uh, you're not going to be coming back for a while. Oh. Um, Can I give you some inside news there? Yeah. That's why you're here, Lance. I was having sandwiches with the lovely Lavinia Nixon just the other day whilst uh, working on a secret project uh, that may be coming on to Channel 9. And she was telling me they're still recording episodes down there at Bendigo Street of Temptation and her schedule is ongoing for the record of episodes. So they feel like maybe it's not completely dead yet or that somebody's just, you know, forgotten to switch the light off, but they are still recording episodes. Right. Well, the thing with uh, with Temptation is they can keep recording episodes and Channel 9 can just keep them in the vault and, uh, and, and bring, them out, winners. bring them out whenever and, uh, you know, never pay the winners until it's time to, to air is it. That, yeah. Is that part of it? You don't get your prize unless it goes to air? That's yep. correct. Just imagine winning the jackpot and... <laughs> oh, sorry. 
Yeah. I was the guy that won 650000 but never got paid out. I know. How, that'd just be tragic. Absolutely that, tragic. That would be awful. But that's the rules of game shows. Mm, I've just interrupted the news. No, that's all right. That's, uh, that's what the news is all right. about. <laughs> the um, so the show has been commissioned for 13 episodes, which I assume they're uh, still shooting. Right. And then uh, they're not saying that they're going to be coming back at any particular point. Yeah, my guess is uh, after the Olympics, probably, mm-hmm. they'll, uh, um, they'll come back. Apparently, two and a half men's a, a simpler uh, prospect for them to put well, on it's a, che- it's a cheaper prospect. Yeah, and them. it you know has the Frasier factor about it. It ran for so long on Channel 9 in that uh, time slot, 7 o'clock, and was a huge ratings bonus mm-hmm. for them. And what do they have to do? Yeah, and I think it's because... Uh, I mean, there was an article in The Grand Guide uh, last week, week before, about... Uh, quiz shows now and how they're just so mindless and and dumb giving dumb people money uh, giving I dumb think people you mentioned yeah, last yeah. week yeah. it's it's just giving dumb people money giving idiots money well that's and what television's been based on for a long time yes but we're talking about the people that host the show <laughs> the, uh, the hey uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, who is that guy He's hanging shit on everyone He's clearly unemployed. Um, and the thing with temptation is people still have to, even though the questions are a lot easier than they used to be, uh, th- people still have to think a little bit about it. And nobody wants to think. That's why they're watching Two and a Half Men. Have you seen the new incarnation of the Million Dollar Wheel of Fortune? No, I have not. Because uh, not neither have I, but I think that the, the Dumb and Dumber article to which you refer in the Green Guide was kind of like motivated by that. Yes. Where the questions are incredibly easy and they're throwing in, you know, these big wedges of $200,000 and a million dollars onto the wheel. But where's Adriana? If uh, there's no one out there turning letters around, I mean, is it electronic now? Well, yeah, it's... I mean, it's been electronic for a, for a while. But you've got to be able to... Adriana would just walk up near where the letter was and kind of point to it. Oh, right. And it would go ding and Touch come the up. bottom corner. And uh, uh, she's never touched my bottom corner. Uh, (laughs) Or your ding, by the sounds of it. No. Uh, The the thing thing is, though, wheel used to be quite difficult. I mean, you know, it it was as difficult as hangman should be. Well, you know, you'd have to certainly be able to buy a vowel and a consonant and, you know. And and then, but now it's, uh, uh, is it pig? The, uh, the, there was also a... <laughs> I'd say bring back catch, catchphrase. Oh. Because some of those catchphrases in the end were just made up. Yeah. Like, no, it's the sharpness of paper. <laughs> oh. Is it, is it frog biscuit, Burjo? <laughs> yes, it is frog biscuit. That's right. <laughs> the, uh, Stop the, acting like a frog biscuit. There was also a, a, an article during the week where uh, uh, Burjo and Adriana were both uh, talking about how, ah, uh, nah. Nah, it's it's no good. They shouldn't have. They should. They should have kept it dead. Yeah, <laughs> they shouldn't have brought it back. Why they bring it back? That's just dumb. Uh, that Campbell guy is a nice bloke. I liked him in Shout, but he can't host a game show. <laughs> Do you know uh, Burjo's history? In I, I'm a bit of a, it's a ten pin bowling ten pin bowling. Isn't it? That's very very. That's correct, Brett. Well done to you. Uh, Bing. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, showbiz history. And so a lot of people I have worked with in this industry probably think, he's a little bit of a stalker, that guy, because I'll always go, so ha- where did you start off? And, of course, showbiz people love to talk about their history. And so he told me that, you know, in school he was a tennis player 
and that wasn't working out for him. He got into ten pin bowling, and he was one of the you know top ten pin bowlers in the country. Really? Yeah. And uh, it doesn't immediately make a great biopic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So he's ten pin bowling, and uh, he meets John Laws, and uh, they're both big men. Burjo's quite a tall guy. And he's big barrel chested. As a young man, he would have been a great physique, you know, like that real V shape and quite good looking. And uh, Lawsy said to him, you've got a great voice. You don't want to be wasting that voice on 10-pin bowling. And so he said he turned his back on 10-pin bowling. Oh, <gasps> Australia's lost, my friends. And uh, went to the country and started doing radio. And the rest, as they say, is history. And we've never won a gold medal at the Olympics since. No. And the baby face was his nickname from when he was bowling. Right. Yeah. So they, the bowlers have nicknames like gangsters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Baby, baby face Burgess, huh? Oh, yeah. M- metal Lips Canal. That's, that's my uh, bowling. <laughs> metal Lips. <laughs> metal Lips. Yeah. Meadow Lark. That's a <laughs> Meadow Lark Canal. Um and I don't know, somebody said to me, is the eye glass or lazy or... And I didn't ask him about the eye. Ah, oh, I've, I've never... You know what? I keep looking at him expecting to see a moustache on his face. So I'm always distracted by his top lip. Isn't right. that Magnum? Sorry? Isn't that Tom Selleck that you get that well, with? Tom Selleck as well. But Burjo for, for so many years had one of the greatest moustaches on Australian television. And uh, and then shaved it off, and I just would. I don't know who you are anymore. It's like we've never met. Uh, yeah, baby John, baby face John Burgess. That's right. Hey, uh, strike. Simpsons news this week. Yes, the Simpsons cast have signed a new four-year deal with uh, with 20th Century Fox. Wow, and Gracie Films. Uh, uh, what are your predictions in terms of the life cycle of The Simpsons? Well, here's, here's an interesting thing. Or? The, the cast are now getting uh, around $400,000 an episode. Jesus. And uh, they have signed for four years, but Gracie Films' contract with 20th Century Fox runs out at the end of the 20th season, which is this upcoming season. So... They're not sure if it's going to continue past that. The the cast are locked in, but there's absolutely no guarantee that it would uh, it would go on past that. I can't see how if it's costing them more money and making them less money. Right? Why would they keep doing it? Well, I've heard uh, that if 20th Century Fox, you know, don't come to the table, Channel 31. Is in really? discussions with Gracie Films, yeah, really? to uh, throw it in there in that grid. That's great. Mm. That's great. So, <laughs> Channel Thirty One, uh, like all, all the community stations Australia wide, or just just, just Melbourne and Mount Gambier. Just, I just think Melbourne. I don't think even Mount Gambier oh, really? is on the deal. Yeah. Really, that's a coup. <laughs> yeah, what a coup. Well, they've got the Untouchables, and I think they've even got F Troop. Really. Have you watched Channel Thirty One during the day? It's, they I have. I have a insane... day job, Lawrence. Right. Yeah. They have some great old black and white stuff. F Troop. So they're showing the black and white F Troop, not the colour F Troop? Um, look, I might have spoken out of turn. Though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's actually been run by an, an external company, isn't it? Channel 31's programming during the day. So. Yes, it's Prime Life, uh, which is a, uh, a huge conglomerate that owns retirement villages. Yep. And they've brought up all the airtime and they've bought the 
the rights to these shows. And Brett, you know your biscuits, don't you? Uh, the, you you know the ins and outs. You know you, you know your frog biscuit. You know your frog biscuit. <laughs> <There's>, uh, <laughs> see, it's all it's all up in the air with what's going to happen with the Simpsons. They're definitely going to have a twentieth season. Harry Shearer hasn't signed yet, but I think they're just working out a, a final deal there. But and you know, you Dan- don't. You don't want Bart Simpson to end up sounding like Ethel Chop, do you? <laughs> you know that woman's gonna yeah. age. Yeah, she, she, she is. It's it's, it's going to happen. I'm I'm sure. If you now play back, play a, a modern day Bart with a 20 years ago Bart. Mm. Well, you've got those very early episodes where Homer sounds completely wrong. Yes, yes, that was. But I I consider that to be before the Homer found his voice. Uh, it's always been the same Homer. Yes, always been Dan Castellaneta. Isn't it interesting that a show like that, animated, uh, the voices have been right through, but, you know, MASH, you couldn't keep your same colonel and, uh, you know, Bewitched, you couldn't have your same husband. But the the like, 20 years, I suppose off camera, it doesn't matter. Well, it's a... Maybe there's more life there or something. You know what, it's also a really easy job for them. I was thinking about it uh, earlier today. Brett, Brett, you're going to say that Dan Castellaneta is also getting a... Uh, a, a Producer credit, consulting, or a consulting producer, producer credit, and is and also going to be uh, writing yeah. for for The Simpsons. Uh, I think one of the things that that The Simpsons has. So you're not going to say that now, Brett. It's been said. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to cut him off. He needs to know his place, Lars. Yeah, he needs gonna, to know. You're going to say, Brett. No, he's not. Actually, <laughs> no, he's not. No, you were no, going to say. But I was th- I was thinking about this today that. Uh, I think one of the reasons the cast has stayed together with The Simpsons is because they can pretty much do it from wherever they are. Right. They can. They don't they have to can be. Literally phone it in. They can. They can literally phone oh, it in. Now, oh, what a sweet gig! Unlike, <laughs> unlike a lot of, uh, unlike a lot of cartoons, they record live, so they have all the cast uh, in the recording studio at the same time and and record it more like a, a radio play. Uh, because they find that that works a lot better, whereas most uh, animation shows, they do single person, single voice, take after take after right, take. Right, so The Simpsons do it live, so they can't do it from where they are. They've got to be all together in the one room. Except that it's it's quite easy to patch through. You don't have to be... They don't have to be in the same room. Right. It's also a, a small, a much smaller commitment than going and uh, recording a live sitcom or... Uh, having that kind of commitment. I think there's, uh, it's quite a luxurious life for the voice actor there. Yeah, and I think it's, there's something interesting in there that probably there's a lot of that stress that's off them. There, there's the anonymity and also the neuroses that goes along with being examined, like if you're getting fat or if you're getting you know, bulimic or bald mm. or whatever, that's all gone. You don't hear about a Simpsons... Voice actor, you know, taking a load of cocaine and driving their jeep into a wall. Uh, no, no, although uh, in a kind of related, Kelsey Grammer has done a lot of uh, a lot of Simpsons episodes. Right, that's a. What happened to him recently? Oh, he had a he had a heart attack. Mild, mild heart, heart attack. Mild heart attack. Mild heart attack. Mild heart attack. Say. Overdose, or is that no, what, is it a euphemism for something? I think I think it's probably actually a, 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 a mild attack. a mild heart attack. But right. he was he pedal was, boarding with his wife when he experienced sim- symptoms. His right. wife Lilith, Camille, Lilith, and <laughs> uh, he. Um, oh, but, but he was he is was, his wife in Fraser. No, 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 no. I'm just right. Joking. Well, it goes all okay. the way back to Cheers, and then Fraser. Right. 
but he was uh, around about cheers time. He was uh, he was busted for cocaine. Okay, Kelsey Grammer. And back Kelsey in those Preece. days, he was also getting abused by his then spouse, Lilith. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh no, Shelley Long. In real life, no. yeah, she- Shelley Long, and then Lilith. But, yeah, that's yeah. that's how Kelsey Grammer. What's his real? Real life abusive spouse. When he was telling the story, he didn't name her, and I did. You know, this was fifteen years ago that he but, was talking. But about people it. have said Ida Butros. <laughs> right? Really? Yeah. No. No, I, had to, I, no, no. I was I, thinking. Of I'm the, just. I'm just wondering how I, how I you jump to person, Ida Butros as a, as a. Because I was thinking of the person least likely to to confirm it in your minds that I'm making a joke. Was that's, it what I, that's what I was to trying be to a do. domestic violence. I, I thought there might have been something I missed. Did it no. become public domain after the death of Carrie Packer that him and Ita were intimately connected? Yeah, I think uh, I think Ita Ita came out about it. Right, I think so. And there was the mistress stuff as well. There was the mistress, but uh, there was also that, and it's, we probably all knew it. But it's nice to have it confirmed. Yes. Yes. Well, you you heard it here. You heard it here. Confirmed. Bang. Put that stamp on it. Yeah. Well, if we were on ACA, you'd put the big rubber. Confirmed. Confirmed. Brett, what else have you got? Uh, Virginia Trioli is returning to Melbourne to co-host a new breakfast news program on ABC Two, which is part of uh, their plans to create a twenty-four hour news channel. Really? So they're going to turn ABC2 into a 24-hour news channel? Or are they going to have ABC3? They're going to have ABC... I think they're going to have ABC3. Right. ABC2 will... The way I read it will remain as ABC2. Well, ABC3 was going to be the kids' channel. Well, let's call it ABC24-7. They're going to have ABC24-7 news. Right. Like BBC have their own news... BBC World News channel on the cable television. On the cable, On yep. the, the cable television. Yeah. Yikes. Um, it's expected <laughs> to begin. I'm, I'm just reading this article. I didn't have a lot of time today because I had to work. You know what I liked um, about that yikes, though? Is that it had three exclamation marks after it, the way a yikes should. Um, it's expected to begin in September um, and will air between 6am and 10am five days a week. That's a big That is a big commitment. commitment. That is a big commitment and... But you know Do what? we need another breakfast television show? Virginia is such a Melbourne woman that she would just be busting her britches to get back here for any reason whatsoever. I think Melbourne people that go to live in Sydney really do yearn for the place. And I'm not being critical of Sydney. I just think that Melbourne gets under your skin. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a part of you if you've lived here. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the I, I know a few people who have lived in Melbourne, gone away to do breakfast radio or, or do... Some kind of uh, other gig. Very few come back. Oh, sorry, sorry, very few don't come back. I was speaking mm-hmm. to the wife of the man that uh, took the name of your previous show. Ah, yes. Now name that woman. Jennifer Byrne. <laughs> yes, I was speaking to Jennifer Byrne. Uh, and because I have got some episodes of The Einstein Factor coming out where I'm on the, believe it or not, Brains Trust. Ah. And the first episode is with Barry Jones and Jennifer Byrne. And, uh, of course, you do a lot of concurring with Barry. What do you think, Barry? He'll answer. <laughs> well, actually, I, I, I think it's probably Mount Etna because a lot of those uh, philosophers, uh, they, were, they were actually born around Sicily. And um, so I'll say Mount Etna. And I go, yeah, I think Mount Etna too, Barry. I think you're right on that one. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> 
And Barry loves to tell an anecdote. He gets quite animated. <laughs> he's very excitable. And uh, he's a lovely man. But uh, he was telling me about um, going out to lunch at uh, the Melbourne Club. And um, I was up there with some friends. Uh, and Listen to the list of friends. I went up there with some friends. Um, there was Goff and Malcolm and um, Julian Burnside. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, Graham Freudenberg, the great speechwriter, of course, uh, Clark and Dor were there as well. And it's like, whoa, that's a kick-ass lunch. <laughs> and uh, he said, he, uh, as I went into the club, there was uh, Brendan Nelson, and um, he, he was having a chat to uh, some of the directors of Telstra, and uh, I said to Malcolm, Malcolm Fraser, when he arrived, I said, Brendan Nelson was downstairs earlier this afternoon, and he goes, hey, and, and, and Malcolm, without missing a beat, he turned to me and he said, um... Oh, really? What's Brendan up to these days? <laughs> what, 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 what's Brendan up to these days? <laughs> anyway, uh, Jennifer Byrne said to me that she misses Melbourne. It was oh. the point of that. She misses <laughs> Melbourne greatly, having to be a Sydney sider. Well, yeah, well I, I that's probably the... why she's, uh, she's forcing our uh, previous co-hosts up there with her to keep her company. Marie Cardi. Yeah, Marie, course, Marie yes. Cardi has, uh, has been a co-host uh, on, on Box Cutters and, uh, and now they she's get up well. there as well. Yeah, they get them. We don't recruit too many Sydney siders. The ones we have haven't really done that well. We got stands of Manic on 3AW, God rest his soul. Yeah. And, and he, he didn't go he didn't, well. He didn't last well. Yeah. Uh, of your and you uh, Dico, obviously have a pre- Dicko's moved down moved yeah. down from Sydney and uh, and he's loving it mm. but he's not originally from Sydney so no is he a Brisbane to England uh, England yeah, England yeah <laughs> England <laughs> England um, so f- with your combined prodigious knowledge of the industry are there many Sydney siders have have made the move and made it successfully uh, no because we we tend to shun Sydney siders quite quite a lot no we That's- are we are. Uh, very small-minded. No, we, not small-minded. No, um, uh, close parochial. shop. We're a little uh, bit parochial. Very, very yeah. parochial. And the thing is that uh, we just we're not welcoming. I mean, Sydney's the same though. When Steve Price moved up to moved up to Sydney, he had a really, really hard slog to to try to win them over. And he survived. But Eddie Maguire had a very nasty time yep. in Sydney. And whenever the Daily Telegraph referred to him, they always used the second reference, Eddie Maguire, game show host, and they didn't refer to him as the CEO of Channel 9. And so if if Sydney and, you know, what is the establishment there, decide that you are on the outer, i.e. that you're too Melbourne, it's a very pl- tough place to yeah, break. Yeah, it, it really is. Mm. It, and I think that's that's one of the great things about the Australian industry is that there is there is a place for you and there will be people who love you if you are from that place. I mean, this is... We, Victoria at the cricket, we had the chant, "We love you because you're a Victorian." Right. I mean, that's that's it. That's that's <laughs> the only reason. We don't care if you're a good bowler, but mm. you're a Victorian, and we love you. And that's and, and that's why Rob Bruff is back in Toowoomba, I think, reading the news up there. Yeah, couldn't make it anywhere else. Well, they love uh, you him know, there. It's, and it's it's not a matter of not skilled enough to make it anywhere else, but just. We are brutal audiences in yeah. Australia. Well, I think in Melbourne too, we, because of the the Nine Network particularly, had Sydney shoved down our throat so much that we arc up if it comes onto our doorstep. Yeah, and you know it's been a hundred and seven and a half years, but we still haven't embraced federation. No, still haven't. <laughs> well, you know, well, the... it, it's. I mean, it goes back to to Paul Keating's famous quote about uh, if you're not living in Sydney, you're camping out, which clearly isn't true. No, it's not but, true. But it, it's the fact that people from Sydney think that. 
I, I would say that you're probably right there in terms of that, uh, you know, the conflict or the, the rivalry between the two cities. I, I think, you know, I'll quote Jack Nicholson that all comparisons are odious. But, uh, yeah, Sydney side is, I think, a little bit scared of us with our smartness. <laughs> well, and our culture. <laughs> our culture. See, I, I don't like that. I don't like the, the idea of, I, I don't like the concept of, of it being rivalry. I think no. some gentle ribbing. Uh, but I do, you know, I know lots of Melbournians who love going up to Sydney for a weekend looking at their water. Uh, and I think that's, that's just part of Australian culture. Whereas in, in the US, it doesn't really matter what city you're from, uh, as long as you pretend that you're there now and that's, and that's fine. But you always name the kind of the city and the state, don't you? you know? Yes. I'm from Boise, Idaho and... I'm very proud of it. But I, uh, not in an argument so much with the Sydney side, but a discussion, and that the two great landmarks of the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House came up. And, you know, well, what's Melbourne got? And I said, well, Melbourne's got Paul Kelly and Nick Cave. <laughs> <laughs> what's Sydney got? Yeah. Which is kind of a good answer to, you know, the age over the last couple of years has been searching for Melbourne's icon and we have to have some great big thing that defines Melbourne. But I don't think that we actually need that at all because because we're a lot more substantial than just having something as a symbol of what we are. Mm. I think we're too complicated to be able to... Kind we're of way too evolved that, for anything as corny as a material building. Oh, just ghastly. A, and this has just been a, a, a preview of the upcoming podcast new podcast from the box cutters podcast network why melbourne's good <laughs> yeah we got Brent, a little bit sidetracked have you got a last news item uh yes just very quickly dexter uh cable viewers will know that uh well well we'll have had an opportunity to see it on showcase here in australia it's going to hit free to air on channel 10 beginning july 6th it's uh 9:30 6:30 p.m. 9:40 p.m. on a sunday um which will be taking over from where supernatural's been plonked into this week um also if you're really 9:40 on a sunday so after rove yeah that, that's where they put and supernatural then, and then flight of the concords will be after that so you know but just, that's... just keeping up that that comedy vein through <laughs> sunday nights that's where they put Supernatural, is 9.40 on a Sunday. Yeah. This, this last series of Supernatural was fantastic. You know, I'm a big fan of the show. So the two and guys that go out hunting Supernatural things? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Two brothers? It's, two brothers, yeah. It, it is, you know... I, I, I really, like that kind of relationship. I'm from brothers, and I really like that. I really like horror when it's done well on television. Right. It's very, very difficult, I think, to, to do horror on television, or it takes a lot more skill because you can't use necessarily can't all the gore, yeah. uh, which horror films have, have really taken to. It's, it's, it's more gore these days than it is scare, and Supernatural just gets the, the writing and the pacing and the, and the lighting down really well. They've, if, they've learnt a lot from Ghost Whisperer. This, Ghost Whisperer. It's, I don't know why you love that show so much. It's it's because you want to be Mister Love Hewitt. It is. It has some depth. Like it's, she's nice to look at, and you get scared. There are ghosts, and right. she whispers to them. <laughs> she's nice to look at, and you uh, get scared. And, but on the, uh, I, I made a joke about 
uh, Dexter being on at six thirty on a on a Sunday night. Uh, but you've got sixty minutes are, are in trouble as well, Brett. Yes, uh, because they haven't been following ACMA's codes with regards to uh, the reporting of suicides. Um, oh. Over a story oh. about a, uh, I think it was youth suicide, um, and not having. Not giving uh, information about uh, like lifeline, lifeline and kids helpline, and, and, and things like not that. giving a warning before the show. Right. Um, so they've got a bit of a wrap on the knuckles. Uh, just uh, if you're up to date with Dexter as it is in the US, third series is coming up in the next couple of months. Jimmy Smith's going to be. Uh, 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 uh. We spoke about this off air, Brett. What is his name? Uh, Santos. Matt Santos. Matt, Matt Santos. Or Matt Santos, who or... will be playing. Victor Sefuentes, <laughs> who will be appearing as the character of District Attorney Jimmy Smits mm. in Dexter. Right. Now, let me get this right. Uh, uh, Bobby Simone's in there somewhere. Dexter, um, he's a... Have you seen Dexter? A, no, but I've been told about it. It's a serial killer who's working as a policeman. Well, he's, he's not a policeman. He's a blood spatter expert who right. works for the police. So he's a forensic scientist. Yes. But he's also a serial killer. But he has turned his serial killing to good. He sates his appetite for serial killing. By killing baddies. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and all this evolved from previously being a, a robot on a dating show. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> it's, I, I know. Yeah. But your that's... compatibility score is 63 <laughs> 63%. So yeah, that's great for that's, him. But that is uh the, the uh, you know, I'm not even going to go there. That <laughs> is the box cutters news. Hello, I'm Courtney Hocking. If you want to hear about sports and cars. No, that's the wrong show. Oh, television, then uh, listen to box cutters. It's pretty great. Thanks, Courtney. And as, uh, as you probably realise by now, Lawrence Mooney is our co-host on the show. Lawrence, you've had a, a lot of television experience. You, you were telling me earlier on that if you add it all up, add up all your television experience, it's like you've been working full-time in television for five years. Well, and that's probably the base of it. I have actually have been working in television full-time for five years, a couple of years on The Denise Show, three years on Postcards, on The Nine Network. And if you throw in all the stuff that I've done on the... The Comedy Channel, I've had a lot of work and I should be very grateful for that and I am. But it's interesting uh, when you think about how many people are working in television that are kind of a little bit under the radar. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've not got a massive profile. I do go out to suburban shopping malls to satisfy the desire to be recognised. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, if people uh, want to stop and have a chat, I'm way up for it. Right. Uh, okay. I don't shun and go, come on, leave me alone. I deserve my privacy. Uh, I'll stop and have a chin wag, and I think that that's kind of part of it anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's loads and loads of people on air that are kind of like C-grade celebrities. Yep. I'm, I'm C plus, I suppose. So when you That's... do that, where where do people generally know you from? Like, what's the dominant show that uh, you recognise? Definitely from? postcards. Yep, which is referred to uh, by the masses as Coxie's Big Break, which it's not. <laughs> <laughs> which it's not. It's another show. Uh, they go, "You're the guy off Coxie's Big Break," and I go, "Yeah, postcards." And they go, "Yeah, Coxie's." Um, of course, because. Uh, Jeff Cox was on uh, postcards from its inception some eight years which, ago. Which kind of started out as like a five, ten minute filler for the cricket over the summer, didn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, Vic Tourism started 
the idea in conjunction with Channel 9. And, yeah, it was just a little kind of like magazine-type thing, yeah. I think during rain and, and the like, I, streakers, they put on a bit of this. I remember I remember when it uh, when it started, I was doing a... I did a couple of days on a kids' show called Pig's Breakfast. And... Mm-hmm, uh, I remember. The... Uh, uh, I, there was a Channel Nine had a lot of their offices were actually uh, temporary classroom kind of situations, temporary offices. So that portables, looked, yeah, portables look, looking like caravans uh, at front. And there was this thing that looked like a caravan that had a big postcards billboard on it. Uh, and I went, ah, that's where postcards is being made. I'm guessing it's another kind of getaway show. And uh, whoever I was with uh, said to me, yes, but Victoria only. Well, the thing is, and talking about the parochial nature of Victorians, it's a massive raider for the network. But, uh, of course, because they can't network it, they don't put a lot of money into it or don't promote it really heavily. Um, They're just happy for it to slow burn. And, you know, out of the 22 weeks of the football season, it'll beat the footy, you know, 10 out of the 22. Wow. Which is huge. And uh, the other thing that Victorians love as uh, anyone from anywhere loves stories about themselves, but also something that's attainable. So you've got your getaway and great outdoors, which is like you may not go to Egypt or to the Ivory Coast or Antarctica, but you can go to Phillip Island or mm. down the street for a latte or the back alleys of Melbourne or wherever, the Yarra Valley. So it's attainable stuff. And it's a very good you know, little travel magazine show. But, of course, uh, Coxie went away to Channel 7 uh, with a producer that said, you know, let's make it his show, and of course, it's become larger than life. So yeah, I'm the guy of Coxie's big break, right? <laughs> having never been on that show, but but you also did uh, did the uh, Denise Drysdale did mo- the morning show. show, and so uh, some of your older shoppers will recognise me as Ding Dong Sidekick. You were with Denise, and I think that that's something very interesting, probably for marketers and researchers too, and I'm sure they know about it, is that. The the memory or public memory has a bit of a, a lapse or a lag. Mm-hmm. Like I got recognised a lot more for being on the Denise show maybe a year or two after I wasn't on that show anymore. A lot more people were coming up to me. And I've actually had personal experience of that lag because I've got a video easy around the corner and uh, went to find a movie and went up to the guy behind the counter and went, get it first time or get it free. Video easy. He goes, yeah, the first, uh, he goes, the movie guarantee, mate, finished about eight years ago. <laughs> I went, what? <laughs> what? No way. He goes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you know what it's like. You're putting yourself in the, in the shoes of the punter. Yeah, that's right. Doing that. Yeah. We have got a, a bit of a lag of, you know, what comes up to top of mind. But, um, of course, Ding Dong was such a household name and is still so much loved by Australians through her uh, Bev Marks commercials. Yes. But uh, she's still in the public consciousness. If only they had the budget for a bra. Well, she's had a boob reduction. Has she? Yes, she uh, had quite a a severe boob reduction. You know, it had always given her bad back problems and neck problems because she was carrying, like, massive... Yeah. And you could could see them in those ads. Yeah, like, you know, in excess of double Ds. And they were very heavy. And she lost, like, you know... Hang on, by, by her age, they're swinging around a fair bit. She said she reckons she lost about 10 kilos worth of boob, but... Uh, really? That's, that's a, a lot, lot of boob. That is a lot. I, I hope a it's five from each. Otherwise, it's going to be very, <laughs> very lopsided. So, yeah, I think she's happier and healthier. And uh, now, now, being on a, a morning show like that, 
working with working with Denise Drysdale, who who is a name, but is also largely known for her her associations with uh, in Melbourne tonight, but also all, all of her work with Ernie Sigley. And uh, and people people loved that relationship of Ernie and Denise in the mornings. Then Denise is on Channel Seven. She's got you as a psychic. How did that work out for you? That it was very interesting because I had uh, said of my role that I was being second banana to Australia's greatest second banana, mm-hmm. and she'd started being second banana with Ernie Sigley. And that show in 73 and 74 had been the top-rating show. Uh, She'd won a gold Logie when they gave a gold Logie to a man and a woman. Uh, Both of those years, she had a number one single. She was massive. And then Ernie Sigley made some very uh, inappropriate on-air comments that the Packers heard. And he got sacked. The show was finished on the Thursday night. A tall American stood in for him that night called Don Lane and went on to do that show for another, what, nine years yes. so, so, so Ernie Sigley really shot himself in the foot quite badly and Denise always saw that as you know that bastard ruined it for us we had and they were rating you know 36s 40s and uh, I think doing it twice a week or maybe just Thursday nights anyway so then uh, years later she ended up on the Ernie and Denise show they brought it back as a morning format from about uh 87 maybe to 92 or 93, yeah. six years, uh, with a young Dermot Brereton doing the footy tips uh, back in the days when he had red hair. And uh, and liked eating footy bread. And uh, Yes, he had his own bread. And his mum. Yep. Um, Tipped up. And so also uh, Denise was on as the sidekick on Hey Hey It's Saturday, and people yes. remember that as a really golden stretch of Hey Hey It's Saturday when it was hilarious and she would be doing all sorts of crazy things. And I think there was... Uh, a personality conflict between her and Daryl, and she was kicked off the show. So, to an extent, she'd been an Australia's greatest sidekick, but always, um, you know, subject to the whim of males uh, all through her career. So, when she did get her own show, um, there was probably an element of uh, control and control freakdom. Yep. She wanted to make it work, and she wanted to be a part of everything. And I was, you know, employed to be her sidekick and. Really, it was my first TV gig. And to a large extent, I didn't know why I was there. Because Denise wasn't going to transform her personality. She still wanted to be wacky or whatever. So this interesting thing started to occur where I wasn't the sidekick. If we did something together in the kitchen, she'd be the one throwing flour around and apples and chicken and pushing me around, and I'd be playing her straight man. And uh, so she was the, the leader of the show. It was her show, and uh, I was playing kind of straight. I was playing, um, you know... Uh, a Bud Abbott to her Lucas Stella. There, there is is a, that right? Which, the, uh, which is the tall yeah, kind yeah, of white one? Bud Abbott. Bud Abbott, yeah. yeah. So I was playing straight most of the time. It's it's a really interesting thing is if we look at the, the history of that dynamic on television. Uh, the first thing that comes to, to mind for me is uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen. And uh, you know, in that in that partnership, George Burns was the straight man. I mean, it, everyone thinks of George Burns as the comedian, everyone thinks of him as the driving force of, of that relationship and Gracie was the, the second banana. But Gracie was the one with the comic timing. Gracie was the one with the mm. with the jokes and Gracie was the strength there. Uh, in, in the same that way that with, uh, with Ernie and Denise, Ernie was great, but Denise brought that special something that he'd be nothing without. Yeah, well, and, you know, she uh, she really brought that whole thing to life. It was... 
I think, you know, it's great chemistry, obviously, that they both had. And Ernie was a very unique performer. And you can't underestimate, you know, his abilities. But uh, it's an interesting thing that the, the what ifs that I think Denise lives with. Yeah. That, where that show could have gone. And I mean, you know, it's what you're saying about um, Georgie and Grace, or George and Grace. He was, you know, same with Lucille and Desi Arnaz. And uh, there's, it's very kind of like familiar format where the woman's the crazy, zany one, and the guy's just in the background with his arms folded doing the nodding. <laughs> uh, Here yeah. she goes again. And yeah, that's. I would say that that quantifies my relationship with Denise on The Denise Show. And it was a great two years. But for the two years that I was standing in that kitchen, I had no idea what I was doing. Right. And I think that uh, most of the people at Channel 7 would concur wholeheartedly with me. <laughs> so so did you, have, did you have producers, directors giving you direction about where you should take that? Or uh, they just yeah, kind of they, let you ru- they stand would, there? They would say things like, um, you know... Uh, you got to come up with something funny to do on the show. And I go, yeah, all right, what am I going to do? And they, I didn't have a, a segment producer per se working with me. That was kind of my role. It's like, all right, you're funny, do something funny. And uh, so I'd think, well, all right, I, I want to like you know hijack the show. So I'd just uh, go through the rundown and say, well, I'll do something here and I'll say this there, and they kind of like whenever I was putting, yeah, whatever, you just do whatever you want to do. But so there was no there was no real really defined role. For Not you. really. So uh, you know, Denise, as it turns out, was amused at a lot of what I would just say naturally. And I'm not saying that I'm necessarily a naturally hilarious person, but we came from different worlds. And I would be speaking in a way, and she'd just look at me and think, she'd say, well, "What goes on inside your head?" <laughs> I go, "Well, this is just the way I think about things." And she go, "Wow." Okay. Uh, so, yeah, she'd be fascinated. She, you know, she had to have her head cocked like a, a dog when you're talking to her. Just like, what, what are you on about? More recently, you've, uh, you've been on The Mansion. We've seen you on, uh, on Comedy Channel uh, mm. as, as part of the, the new, uh, what is it, R- Rocket Science Stage Time uh, Comedy Channel co-production. Uh, the mansion, so it's a, a lot of a lot of people have their fingers in in that pie. And I suppose, how would you kind of like a pigeonhole the mansion? It's it's, uh, it's a it's a it's a, a news parody show. News parody, contemporary topics yep. it's discussed newstopia. and teased out. It's not newstopia. It's not newstopia, and it's not the Daily Show, and it's uh, and it's not the Colbert Report. And it's not the Colbert Report. It's, but it is, yeah. It's it's a, it really is its own identity, I think. And I think Charlie and Michael have done a great job. And I've only seen uh, episodes that I've received on disc because I don't have cable. Right. And I've seen it grow in strength. You know, to see episode one and then three and see it at intervals, you can really see it get its pace. So I hope it does come back for a second series. But I've been doing you know little characters on that, and that has been a joy to actually have some comedy script written for you. And you go along and you get direction and you do your comedy bit on camera. That has just been a real pleasure. Well, their writing team is uh, is a lot. Of, I know they've got they've got Sammy J writing for them, and he's he's written some some great sketches and and Triple R's own Declan Fay. Yes, Declan Fay's uh, working on it. Uh, Justin Kennedy's doing some great work there as well. So mm. Charlie and Michael are, are hosting the show, but the the support that they have there and and the the uh, the support cast as, as well as the writers. I think really, really makes the show. I said to you before, your bits have, uh, have, to me, been some of the funniest 
in the mansion. You know, I don't oh, want to. Thank you very much. I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, but if you'll just. There doesn't feel like there's any smoke being blown in okay. there at, at all. Uh, there's no nicotine tingle on my anus <laughs> whatsoever. But I really appreciate that. It just gives you a little bit of tantalising insight as to what life might be like if there was money available to make comedy, i.e. if you were living in America or England and your talents were in demand. It gives you... We can all go down there to um, Foxtel, to the Comedy Channel and make telly and just go... It's like pretending to be famous yep. and successful. <laughs> you just go, wow, this would be really cool if it wasn't one day a fortnight. <laughs> so why, why do you think the commercial stations aren't... Jumping in with that, why why aren't you in demand for? I, I reckon uh, shows for them. In terms of comedy, the, they're just head shy after Comedy Inc. Yeah, kind well, of not being really that funny or the wedge or. Well, I, I just think that they don't have. Inc, they just don't have that nerve to let comedy sit for a long time. I mean, Let Loose Live. Oh. It was a really ambitious project, and it needed some finessing. And, and you're not. Were you on that? I wasn't on that, but you're not going to yeah. get. Anywhere close to what you want in three weeks. The, the, the problem, well, no, the, the problem with Let Loose Live wasn't that it had only three weeks. The problem with Let Loose Live was that it didn't have someone in charge. There was no one in charge who said, this is the vision. This is what the show is going to be. There was no one guiding guiding the show in that di- in, in any direction. I think what... Uh, they, they, it really was Let Loose yeah. Live. It, it's just not it the was, name of the show. It quantified the whole project. And it was I, watching and, and, an experiment flail and die and hit power lines. And, and surely the, the live part of that must have just added so many complications that were, it wasn't necessary for the show to be live. No, you could have pre-recorded those sketches in front of a live audience. Yeah. Like the, the comedy company did, mm. and, you know, and, and that worked so well. And it worked because they had it down to a, a formula and... Uh, if you're going live to air, you don't have a formula already in your mind. You don't have something that you're trying to achieve already in mind. It's not going to work. I, I, I'm quite resentful of the cynicism of these 1902 shows, you know, like The Mint and Quizmania and those sort of things, where that would be the perfect time slot for a network to be raising and developing comedy talent and just saying, listen, we've got this little cult show on. It's at 11.30 at night. It's a half an hour sketch. And... Because it's on at 11.30, you could have all sorts of fantastic content in there mm. and slowly hone this thing mm. and bring audiences to it and then bring it to prime time. And the the short-sightedness and, you know, the kind of like economic rationalism of putting on 1902 shows is just appalling. Well, thankfully well, now they're all gone. Is the mint gone? Yep. I, I, right. I bring this up every now and then, but that's what... I have been up late lately. <laughs> but that's what Channel 10 did with... Uh, uh, with the comedy company, comedy company started nine thirty on a Tuesday night, and uh, back back then nine thirty was a late time slot, and got up a, a bit of a following, and uh, they saw that it had legs, and then moved it to six thirty on a Sunday, where it was massive. They should be, the, you know, I think there's the money around for development to start putting that stuff in, you know, around about the midnight hour, raising some comedy, and it's the perfect ground for it. Yeah, and it, Perfect it, ground for it. it. It shouldn't be too expensive to make either. And, you know, it's not that difficult to make something funny. It's really, it's not, look, it's not an easy thing to do, but I think that, you know, networks think that only 
it can only be done in an accent. You can only be funny in an Irish or an American or yeah. an English accent. There's a uh, a production company that I've had some dealings with of late, and uh, they have a cartoon on the wall of a, a TV executive reading a file, and he's speaking to the man across the table, and he says, "Well, this looks like a tremendous idea, but I don't think it can be done." Be done. No, this looks like a tremendous idea, but I don't think we can achieve it because it's never been done before. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the way TV networks think. You've got to have a tried and tested reality TV formula or game show that's come from overseas and the ratings reports are there and it's going to pay, put it on. It makes me cry myself to sleep every night. Well, you know, I think Colin Field said it. uh, If you rely on TV producers and film producers for your dollars in this country, you'll end up shooting yourself in the head. Colin's always light and breezy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's lovely. Lovely. Uh... Well, th- thanks for that chat. No worries. Oh, it's good. It's, I haven't worked out a way to come out of that chat. The chat is good. But keep a guest on for the rest of the show. Lawrence, you've then- been great. Uh, stick around and uh, we'll be back after this. Brett Saint Telly. Hello and welcome to Today Tonight. Soap and water. Hello and okay. I'm Naomi Robson. Swearing. There, there was talking. I had my cans on. I don't know what's going on. Ray Watch is the uh, name of the segment, Lawrence. Raywatch, can I... Go. Interrupt again? Sure. Uh, it's what you're here for. I watched Today Tonight... Uh, tonight? Because Monday I, night? Yes, Monday night. And up against the current affair. Up against the current affair with Eddie Maguire. And uh, so I was flicking back and forth between the two. Today Tonight have broken new ground. Oh, it. I just looked at it and went, the producer who came up with this idea has hit a jackpot because they can go on with little, like, shoot-off stories, spin-off. They could make a spin-off sitcom. Their idea is pensioners are doing it hard in this country. You know, insert how much they get per week. Insert footage of a woman holding a handful of coins going, this is my last $7 to spend for the week. Eating dog food? Uh, No dog food eating, but groceries, grocery prices, fuel prices. Them walking along. It's time, Australia. To adopt a pensioner. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And you go onto the uh, Today Tonight website, and if you're interested in adopting a pensioner, and then they, they've obviously got wheeled out their pensioner celebrities. Barry Crocker saying, It's time that we remembered that these are the people that made this nation great. Cornelia Francis, it's very hard for pensioners and people that have a low income. And Paula Duncan, other Channel 7 former celebrities talking about how hard it is for oldies. And then they've obviously set up some relationships. Adelaide. Ellen's looking after Patsy. And how much they both mean to one another, how much she's changed my life. And, you know, I just love this old lady like my own mother. Brisbane. And there's adopted pensioners all over Australia. It's time for the box cutters. To adopt a pensioner. (laughs) Come on. I want you guys to go onto the website. And I said to my girlfriend, it's going to actually make fodder for more stories. We wanted Australians to adopt pensioners, not have them working in their factories or, you know, working as sex slaves. I don't have the the commitment to adopt a pensioner. Can I just, like, do a foster pensioner? You can foster a pensioner. I think it might include, like, a, you know, a weekly visit, um, donations of food, 
to, to help around the house, to even maybe kick in a couple of dollars Isn't here and there. Isn't that what cubs are for? Aren't cubs <laughs> supposed to go and do that sort of well, stuff? Well, cubs have been decimated by another series of Today Tonight stories. <laughs> with their really? police with checks for the Arkailas and stuff. Yeah, pixelated adult faces. <laughs> oh, oh, I, so I, I, I've got to say, in terms of a TV idea, adopt a pensioner has got legs. Oh, oh yeah. Because or, we're we're talking we're talking on the scale of choir of hard knocks here. You realise that they can they can round up their pensioners and have a forum with them, and they oh, it's amazing. What? And this is this is what I don't understand. Like adopt a pensioner, yeah, it's it's great, and people are gonna gonna watch it, and people are gonna it's gonna take the nation by storm. But why not? say, encourage people to volunteer for their local Meals on Wheels or, uh, you know, something that something that is a, a an existing organisation that uh, will help. Why not just try to encourage people to volunteer more? I've got to say, from a community radio point of view, that's a great idea. But as executive producer of, and I'd put that in inverted commas, of Today Tonight, we can't own Meals on Wheels. We can own Adopt a Pensioner. It's our idea. We get feedback on our website. We can say, Australia, you have adopted so far 4,000 pensioners. Do a story, a feel-good story, a horror story. The potential for stories is massive. You watch, uh, tune into Current Affair tomorrow night, my friends, because they will be adopting something else. Or <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be starting Wash a Pension a week, you know. Well, uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, a current affair adopting and needing a wash, uh, I turned on tonight to, to watch Eddie Maguire on his first night, being a Monday night, uh, his first night as host of A Current Affair. What the hell was going on there? Whose decision was that? I no think no one called me and asked me if that was a good a, a good thing for them to do. It was like a late night Friday night decision that was announced. Yeah, yeah and Carl Stevanovic was was lined up to do it, but something came up. I reckon Eddie came up and said, "I want to do it. I really want to do it." I think Eddie's anxious to get back on the air. I mean, most recently we saw him in One Versus a Hundred. And uh, before that, he had a long break. Well, yeah, uh, it, it, he uh, he was in <laughs> Sydney running the network. For he a was, while. but a current affair just isn't isn't the thing for him. Anyway, d- during during him shouting at me, uh, you know, in between bits of him shouting at me about what's coming up next uh, on, on a current affair, they had uh, well, well, first it was uh, first it was. Petrol prices are coming your way. Look out, they're getting higher. And uh, and then followed by Roberta Williams' home videos, videos. Wasn't of that Carl, super. Carl Williams and Benji and uh, and their daughter uh, Dakota. Mm. I say their daughter because I, I'm not sure if it's uh, not sure it's, who's it was. Yeah, it's, the, the way the way Roberta was talking was talking about Benji. Uh, was with a lot more love in her heart than we for, never for saw anyone else a violent side of that man. We never saw anything. We just knew him as Andrew. He was just Andrew to us. But uh, Carl Williams is a, a convicted multiple murderer, and yes. uh, and Benji was shot three times and was uh, you know in self defence in self defence, uh, and he was well. associated with a number of murders. And so we're talking about current affair putting on home videos of men who are essentially murderers. And then yes. you've got to come back to the host and he's got to go, 
you know, what, that great shots from the Gold Coast. Or uh, Eddie goes, well, of course, uh, they're serving Carl Porridge now. He's not living it up in a restaurant like that. We'll be back after this. <laughs> okay, so talk about his dietary needs after <laughs> running a 10-minute story about a murderer and, and his family. And the thing is, Channel 9 have signed Roberta Williams uh, to, 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 to their network. Have they? And there was no talent on that mm. screen. That's, I, I don't know what, what they thought when they, when they signed her because... Well, they, they did sign her, which precluded her from signing up with uh, Star Dancers. Apparently yes. that was offered to her for, from Channel Seven, and uh, so it was a it was a frontline thing by her, so nobody else can get her. Yes, but now but, now that they've got her, they they they're getting her to put her home videos on their current affairs show. It's it, it was really r- ridiculous. Voyeur, voyeuristically speaking, let's speak as voyeurs. Fascinating, no, delicious. Not for me. Uh, as the as a voyeur, I just wanted to watch. Oh wow. There's murderers walking free in the street, pushing their children in strollers. I, I like the Sopranos kind of like soap opera element to it. You know, he's lying on his bed, wallowing around, uh, listening to a song, and she's saying, "Turn it off, so I can film you." And he's going, "No, nah, I like this song." And uh, you know, and then you know, look, going through his mobile phone, there's this kind of soap opera element to it where you just go, "Oh yeah, it's, that's Tony Soprano." He's a big, fat, self-obsessed guy that kills people. And they make home videos. Cool. <laughs> Actually, it's not a million miles away from Warney, I don't think. They were both kind of living down in Brighton, and they're both blonde and a bit podgy. Yeah, and Warney's killed, like, loads of people. <laughs> <laughs> Mad for it. No, but it's, it's really easy to kind of, kind of cross them over in your head. Carl right. Williams, about great think, spin bowler. And... Uh, yeah, I can see the chicken and chips marriage. I really can. <laughs> uh, but Roberta Williams, I just, just what is she doing on television? Well, why, makes... why wasn't Carl's other girlfriend signed up? Because she was a hot patootie. Remember the gorgeous 17-year-old girl that was visiting him in prison? No. No? No. And Roberta, they had a standoff. I think she's been, you know, scared off. But she was gorgeous, like stunning young woman that was supposedly, you know, the... I don't know whether she was the mistress, but certainly a girlfriend that was visiting him in prison. And and she was visible around the court case. Yeah, she was very visible yeah. around the court case, My, yeah. my favourite thing about I think about there was these, a confrontation in the street. My favourite thing about these videos, though, and, uh, you know, from, from a voyeur perspective, no, I don't I don't give a crap about the, the Williams family and their, their holidays in, in Queensland. I don't know but, whether it was... Queensland or Thailand, it's like it's it's all the same. But uh, they had the, uh, the the celebration for the daughter's christening at the uh, Palladium at Crown, and uh, the MC was Marty Fields. Right, that's great. Who uh, Marty Fields, v- Vanessa Amorosi, and uh, and uh, Brian Cad did uh, did a few numbers. Uh, right. But but Marty Fields was uh, was the MC, and they took special delight in showing bits of the uh, of the the celebration where Marty Fields is telling jokes, and the audience is just deathly silent. Just one of those great great comedian moments of <sighs> tough room. Wow, uh, yeah, tough room. <laughs> <laughs> it was you know that that was that was highly entertaining, but. I have no idea what's going on with Australian television at the moment. This, uh, this today tonight, a current affair. We need to have the wives and mothers of 
convicted criminals more on television. That, that kind of rivalry is just Well, ridiculous. with ACA, it's clearly riding off the back of the popularity of Unbelly in other states, um, at which I have been wondering over this week. Um, surely the queen of banning things, uh, Judge Betty King, uh, her, her injunction should have uh, run its course now that that court case is done, shouldn't it? Except that another injunction will, uh, will be put in place for Fat Tony. Okay. But it hasn't as yet. No, it will be as soon as they have an air date. In terms of that injunction, you know, if I watch a uh, copy of Underbelly in my home in Victoria, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, am I contravening that injunction? If I discuss the, the, the TV show... Uh, you know, just, just by watching it, you're contravening the injunction. Really? Are you sure? Yes. I don't expect you to know the law, it just but it's just, it? it's just crazy that... Uh, like you can, by, I think you can watch it by it, yourself. Right, you can watch it by yourself. Brent, we've been over this. What about... Just, just by watching it in Victoria, by, by, owning, by owning a copy, by having access to a copy and watching it, even if you're screening it for yourself, that is against the injunction. Right, so if the cops decided... That they just wanted to give you a hard time, and they just busted into your house and found your underbelly. One series, uh, episodes one to thirteen. You're in big trouble. You're contravening a, an injunction. Yeah, like probably a twenty thousand dollar fine and four years imprisonment, maximum sentel, maximum penalty, penalty. <laughs> you know, Ma- maximum I, senility. Yes, <laughs> I don't. I don't think owning a copy of it is part of it. You can think what you want. I'm, Brett. I'm pretty sure it's not. You can't. If you're in Victoria, there is an injunction against you. Why don't you get Judge Betty as a guest on the show? Viewers, one day? no, no, viewers, viewers have never been part of part of the the group that's going to be charged with anything. It's, right, it's, it's the only broadcaster. Pe- broadcasters, sellers, merchants, right, pubs in South Melbourne that get it off the feed going over to South Australia. You know what? If you're a lawyer, email us hooray at boxcutters.net. Let us know. What is the case with this injunction? Let us know. Hooray at boxcutters.net. That's spelled H-O-O-R-A-Y? That's correct. Right. Hooray. Hoorah. Not hooray. 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 Not hooray. Sorry. You're hooray. confusing people now. It's so, confusing. Ray Watch. Hooray. Look, uh, I completely hijacked Ray Watch. Is that about Ray Martin? Uh, no, that's just about uh, Today, yep. Tonight, and a That's where affair. the name right. comes okay. from. We've okay. done it. It's done. That's done. the end of the segment. Finished. We'll, on to the next thing. Okay, question three. Which yeah, canal? All these going to be about war. No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Ah, uh, the quiz. Thanks very much to Crumpler, our giveaway sponsors, who give us bags to give to the listeners. Lawrence, is it Suez? <laughs> what? Yeah, if I can, yeah. Every every you every just week validated for, me. Every week for the past. Every week for the past, I don't know how many weeks. Lawrence, Brett, at, at the end of that uh, quiz thing, has, has been going. Uh, is it? Is it Panama? Honestly, it, I haven't done it in the last three weeks. Last week, Wilbur Wilde said, "Is it Josh Canal?" Right, and uh, and now you and. and Oh, and I just, you know, I've been giving Brett nothing but shit for it because right. it's a, you know, it, it, it's just... He said it wasn't funny. It's not funny. Right. <laughs> and what canal is it? It's, no, that's not the point. That's, that's not the point. All right. The, okay. the point is... What, it is the suicide. No, thank you. The, the, the point is that Brett... Did. Anyway, let's move on. 
Let's move on. Crumpler. I love that. What great yes. bags. Yes. Great bags. Uh, last week's question was... It's uh, a crumpler. It's a crumpler bag. This is a crumpler. It's a glamour bag, the Western Lawn. You'll see it on the video podcast up there. That's on the, uh, the new camera. <laughs> it's not a camera. That's a TV. Brett, that's a TV so we can see who's standing outside the studio waiting to come in. That's two-way. It's not it's two-way. two-way. It's not two-way. Well, if it's... You know what? If it's two-way, then... The only people who could see your imaginary video <laughs> podcast are standing outside the door waiting to come in. No, that's, so nobody's that's hooked into the server. It, and as we can see, there's no one standing outside waiting to come in. So you've, you've gone from, from looking up into the top left corner at the speaker to looking up into the top right corner where there's television. That's what you've done. There's yep. no video podcast. There is, fully, there is boxcutters.net slash vlog. There's no... Anyway, it's, uh, it's last week's question... Though. You'll see that it's brown with a, an orange It is a lovely, it is lovely one. Last week's question was uh, apparently too easy. People are saying too easy. Question's too easy. Too easy. Didn't yeah. stop you entering, did it? Too easy. So, we made it easy so people could enter. It's nice. The question was, what? Uh, where, where did the name Gruen Transfer come from for the uh, the new uh, Will Anderson's or Prudence Other Films TV show, The Gruen Transfer? And the answer is, Lawrence Meany? Uh, Gruen was a man that designed shopping malls. And the transfer that they, which they refer to is the disorientation that one gets when they get inside one of those kind of those places and they they uh, end up forgetting what they came for. Yes. And just buying stuff randomly. It feels like this show sometimes. It's very much like an, uh, entering an Escher drawing. Ooh. You, you just see escalators that don't seem to be going anywhere and people that have been walking around for years. And I said to you earlier that uh, the Gruen transfer is the way I'd walk around the house, you know. Sometimes I intend to be eating toast and find myself two and a half hours into series one of the Sweeney. <laughs> or, you know, sometimes That's... you find yourself masturbating and think, what was I meant to be doing in this room? <laughs> Wasn't I, didn't I come in here to shave? <laughs> so this week's quiz winner, we're going to do, uh, we're, we're going to do uh, live. There, there are two more on the, uh, on the other side. So I'm going to, I've got, I've got a, a die here. Uh, now it's not a six-sided die. We had more than uh, more than six cor- correct entries. Luckily, there were more than that many dragons in the dungeons that uh, this die has come from. I've, I've brought <laughs> I've brought my multiple-sided your D eight d- dice sets. <laughs> so, if, if the police pulled you over and found series of underbelly in your dashboard, in your glove box, and those, <laughs> you could go down for like yeah, yeah. thirty-five I'd years. Be, I'd be I'd be totally. Totally busted. These were these were bought for me. I do have a, a whole se- set of uh, of different sided dice, and uh, and these these were bought for me because a friend of mine was Should trying I to pinch your lunch money now. Yeah, <laughs> Fr- friend of mine was trying to get me into. I, I played Dungeons and Dragons and, and role playing games when I was in high school, and uh, a-, a friend recently was trying to get me to play them again as an adult, and as an incentive, bought me a, a set of dice, uh, which I find very useful for randomising the quiz winner, yes. uh, but I have never once used uh, in uh, in the process of slaying a dragon. There are so many better versions of D&D with, that's all managed on computer now, so you don't have to keep your, your stats and abilities uh, written down. You can just do it online and network it all up and See, go I, out slashing virtual dragons online. I, I much prefer to steal cars in Liberty City. It's what uh, World of Warcraft is. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's or you could uh, read Dice Man. Is it Luke Reinhardt? Okay. Uh, wrote Dice Man, which is about a, a man that decides to live his life 
by the roll of a dice. Like, if I roll a four, I will kill that person. Or if I roll a six, I'll just go and get a sandwich. Oh, really? And, uh, of course, you've got more options because you've got more than six. It's, it's, I've, so I've you got... can list a whole lot of different options for yourself. Yeah, I, I know people who have adopted that dice man thing, and they said it makes life very funny. Of course, not to the extreme of committing a crime, but just like, okay, I've got a bunch of things to do, and I'm going to do them in the order that I roll. And all of a sudden, it's out of your control. Life takes on a different kind of like dimension. I think I'll be stealing your lunch money, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> so, stealing it back. Double geeked me. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm rolling the dice. Lawrence is going to read out the number that is that is on the die. And, uh, and Rhett, you'll read out the corresponding name to that number. Okay? Have we got that system down? Yeah. This is the quiz, Reading ladies it. and gentlemen. Oh, it's on the floor. It's on the floor. The number that's upward facing on the die is five. Number five. Paul Jackson. Paul Jackson. Jacko. Congratulations. Now, have we heard from... Have we? Has Paul Jackson been involved with the quiz before? I think Paul Jackson has been involved with the quiz has before. Has Paul Jackson won the quiz before? I think Paul Jackson has won the quiz before. Has Paul Jackson picked up his prize? I'm not sure. I'll have to check the prize cupboard. Paul you, Jackson, principal's office now. Because <laughs> if Paul Jackson has won the quiz before... Maybe he was just saving himself a trip. If Paul Jackson has won the quiz before... And, and has hasn't not picked, picked up, up his prize. prize. I think uh, also because his prize would have been a crumpler bag. Yeah. I think uh, he's uh, not necessarily eligible. I didn't. I didn't realise that was the uh, that was the case. In which case, I'm going to roll the dice. The die again for a supplementary Ooh. winner. For a supplementary winner. Uh, In keeping with the raffles and competitions act of... I don't... Uh, I'll just look for it here. <laughs> 1973. And we'll, uh, we'll say what number it is. And I, I do have the, the list. So, But we're not going to read out the name, mm-hmm. just in case, okay? okay? This is the most convoluted quiz segment we've ever had. This is very Dungeons and Dragons quiz. And it's one of my favourite numbers and one of the favourite numbers of the Chinese. It's eight. Wonderful. So uh, if you're number eight, you, may, you maybe have, uh, have, have also won the quiz. We... Uh, we, we have to find out. Another name I kind of recognise. Really? <laughs> oh, really? Really? Well, it might have just been an okay. entry. Let, Maybe it's just from over the week. How many, how many people entered the competition successfully? Or is that just giving... Oh, given that we're just rolling the D8. Right. Uh, that'd be eight of them. Right. Okay. <laughs> that'd be eight, eight correct entries. Thank you very much for spotting that. I could have been rolling the D100. No one knew, Brett. The dodecahedron. Well, I do have, I do have D100 here. Do you've you got want? a D100, yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, you've obviously got... Uh, a very committed band of listeners and fans, and only a percentage of them are going to enter, and often you're going to get, uh, you know, repeats. Well, that's, that's we know that 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 is true. We, we do have a, a, a lot of, but I, I think I also think that uh, if if you win your prize, you should come and collect it. That's <laughs> if you say you're going to collect it, just come and collect it. Well, you know, there's, is don't, there a don't just limit? don't just bank them up. Wow! So I'm only going to come in when bank. when I've got five when I've got five crumpler bags waiting for me at Triple R. <laughs> maybe That's, maybe it's actually Cornelia Francis and she's. Ah, uh, maybe you can't um, make this anything other than a thinly veiled attack on Paul Jackson. Now, uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know what? We go to the trouble of putting the bag away for you. You can go to the trouble of uh, of, of coming in. Picking, well, who picking knows? Up. That's what, what I'm saying. That's let, all I'm saying. Let's just for a moment. Use our empathy and say we don't know Paul Jackson's circumstances and what's been happening in his life. He may have been unable to. It's very true. Yeah, it's so very true. We'll Didn't just stop Paul- him entering the quiz. <laughs> Did it? Did yeah, it, Lawrence? Probably couldn't enter it from a hospital Maybe bed. Maybe just for so let's <laughs> Probably. We'll just give Paul the benefit of the doubt Paul in order benefit. that you don't feel like a real heel when he wheels himself in here. 
<laughs> but of course, we won't we won't be at the front desk when it no. comes in, likely. But somebody at the front desk will take a photo of Paul and his courageous <laughs> attempt to his get up the body stairs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's just remember we're part of the community. That's twenty three. You said that was a D one hundred. That's not. That's two D tens. No, that's a that's a, I've got that's a D ten. That's a D ten. That's but a D ten. But that's putting two of them together doesn't make a D one hundred. But I'm that's I know specifically, that, specifically in the tens. Yeah. I'm taking my lunch money back, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm anyway, taking your pants. Anyway, I was uh, I was rolling and and thinking. Well, twenty three means it's time for pork. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. I was determined that this week's show would not be as long as last week's show, so let's make it a, a really quick pork. Oh, we've still uh, got another half hour. <laughs> uh, How long actually do you put on we, your podcast? We, 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 tr- we try. We try to go for for an hour ten. Mm. Last week with Wilbur Wilde and James Talia, it ended up going for an hour forty. So, mm, yeah. but also James we Talia. had we had a number of breaks in between, so we weren't actually aware how long. We'd been going for. Did, did I you was ask aware. James? I, I, oh, yeah. I timed the show. You knew. I knew. I was just having too much fun. Did you ask James Talia if he has a sister called Jenny? No. There's mm. lots and lots of Talias. I've asked about other right. Talias. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I was watching. <laughs> I, I bought uh, the, uh, the the the. <laughs> uh, welcome to Grade Three Rocks Cutters. I, I bought. Uh, the sports package uh, on Foxtel for a month because I wanted to watch the uh, World Cup qualifier from Dubai. World Cup of soccer. World Cup soccer qualifier from uh, Dubai. Football Australia versus Australia versus Iraq. Mm-hmm. And there is only one football. That's Australian rules football. All the other all the other uh, codes have their own name for that. Rugby has rugby. Gridiron has gridiron. Soccer has soccer. Australian soccer football only has itself, football. Soccer no. doesn't call itself soccer anywhere other than d- Australia. Yeah. And America. Okay, soccer mom. Yep. Yeah, it's, right. still, it's still soccer. It, it has another name. Australian rules football is the only one that has no other name. Yeah, it's got an AFL. No, no. AFL is the league. Aussie rules. It's, it has, it's Aussie rules football. Football's the in the name. Yeah, footy. Yeah, it's footy. Anyway, okay. I was watching the, uh, I the, the soccer. And I, was, I like it. I was watching the soccer, and uh, so, so I bought the, the package. Now, the package means that I get uh, Fox Sports 1, 2, and 3, but I also get my uh, much-missed ESPN. Right. And I love ESPN because it has all of the weird sports on it. World Championship Poker? Uh, yeah, it has, but I'm talking weird sports. Do they have that one year special hurling? where people make up all sorts of incredible contraptions and ski them down a mountain and somebody gets killed? Yeah, they, they'll, yeah. they'll they'll do that. So Robot Wars. Things more like uh, discovery. Robot Wars. Things right. more like the uh, you know Birdman Rally kind of kind of things. Yeah, yeah. I was watching World's Strongest Man, mm. which is an annual competition to find the world's strongest man. Often Scandinavian or Germanic or Polish. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the Polish contestant. For world's strongest man, uh, was the o- only person who managed to complete this task. Where you had to, th- th- there was a car, like a regular, a sedan kind of car, that they had cut the chassis out of and cut the roof out of, and put two straps going from uh, the the uh, the dashboard to the boot, uh, 
two straps going uh, along the car, the world's strongest man contender would step into the car, stand up, have the straps on his shoulders, and have to carry the car 50 metres. When you say they took out the chassis, does that include the motor? Uh, no, I believe the motor was still in it, okay, and the Because uh, the chassis is most of the weight. The trucks and wheels. So it's a bit like a cardboard box if, if you take tr- out the motor and the chassis. But the motor, I think, was still in it, and the trucks and wheels were still on it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'll be getting a letter from Hanna-Barbera because they have ripped off <laughs> totally an idea that was seen in the Flintstones, yes. They, that's just a rip-off, man. This, it, it was one of the most hilarious things I've seen on TV. <laughs> it, it was just lifting a car and yeah. walking with it. Great. It's uh, World's Strongest Man. If, you, if you've got ESPN, definitely check it out. That's, uh, that's my tip for the week. They should have loaded it up with a family too. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, mum and dad and the kids in the back. Now, see nice. how strong you are. Did you see this thing that they've built a real-life wisteria lane out in yes. Caroline Springs? How yes. freaking ridiculous is that? It's Caroline Springs. What do you want, Brett? What I want you- more Caroline Springs. I want to, I want to see... But Caroline Springs, uh, I think it was 2004, became the focus of a cockfighting yes. controversy. That's, oh, that's the, the cock car- ring. Yeah, there was a, not a cock <laughs> ring, per se. Cockfighting ring. Cockfighting ring, yeah. That's I'm sure the, uh, the cock ring is very popular out of Caroline Springs. That's, that's the sort of Caroline Springs I know and love, is the cockfighting Caroline Springs. Mm. I don't want this American suburbia kind of Caroline Springs, unless, <laughs> unless it's just the American suburbia exterior and then... Uh, you know, uh, cockfighting right. on the inside. So the exterior of Wisteria and the yeah. interior of... Cockfighting. Cockfighting. I actually uh, went to Ballarat on a day trip with three friends to watch the launch of uh, the ALP's, you know, policy for the 2004 mm-hmm. election. Quite boring. Uh, exciting, but I'm sure most people would be going, yeah, shut up, get on with the story. And on the way back through Caroline, uh, past Caroline Springs, I pulled in and we started just pulled up next to people, you know, washing their car or playing with the kids and saying, excuse me, mate, can you direct us to the cockfighting place? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, people would, you know, rather than saying piss off, they'd go, oh, I don't know. Um, Do you know where the cockfighting is, sweetheart? No. You might want to try the next street because, you know, there's uh, some, I think some some people got some chickens in the next street. So... (laughs) We just kept driving around. Excuse me, I went to cockfighting. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so no one actually directed us to the cockfighting. But they all knew it was happening somewhere around. Because they thought you were cops. Right. They thought you were cops. They were just giving you a bum steer. They all knew. They all knew. That, that guy off, no, he's not got the guy off the tally. Let's go off Coxie's big bag. He wants to, to know where the co- Coxie's fighting. I'd like to see a little bit of a, like a documentary on, you know, um, Subterranean Australia. I saw this great documentary and watched the replay of it of uh, pit bull fighting uh, in the UK, and uh, this woman went undercover and oh, on infiltrated. Four corners a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, four corners. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was fascinating. God, there's this. I mean, the, the subcultures that are out there and alive and you know living in kind of like you know really secretive world because obviously dog fighting's illegal. And most oh, of us find it. Shit. Most of us find it incredibly repellent, but still don't have a problem with the cultural idea of the Spanish having a bullfight. Mm. And uh, so I can kind well, of, like, you know, if, if it has Hemingway's stamp of approval, yeah, 
any man that was, you know, dressed as a girl for the first six years of his life and cleaned off his head with a shotgun, yeah, he's the man that I want to stamp my his approval on. <laughs> yes, oh, no. yes. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. But um, I, I, I'm just fascinated with subcultures that work in this, you know, secretive world. Not to the extent of, you know, a pedophile ring necessarily, but I'm sure there's a great, uh, you know, food for a TV series on the subcultures. What about a pedophile fighting ring? I'd like to see that. I'd yeah. like to see like somebody organising pedophiles to fight to the death in a hague no. <laughs> uh, it's got yeah. to, that's got to offend at least <laughs> nine tenths of the population. <laughs> In some way or another. In some way or another. You know, you know what I love, I love about... You said uh, Four Corners documentary about uh, about uh, pit bull fighting. Mm. And uh, my brain instantly went to, I wonder if A Current Affair would do a story on pit bull fighting. And then thinking, you know what? If, if A Current Affair did a story on pit bull fighting and how horrific it was, today, tonight, the next night would have a story on pit bull fighting and how much money there is to be made from it. How how you could, you could <laughs> hit it rich... Uh, then there'll be infomercials no, after midnight. Today, tonight, would do the pit bull. Pit bulls are actually beautiful dogs, and uh, they would show how good a pit bull would be as a a guide dog. Um, not only can it, you know, help the blind person, it can protect them. And then they would show a pit bull lying in a bassinet with a baby, saying, "Well, look, <laughs> there's evidence enough that they are actually friendly." And uh, they'd have all sorts of fluffy pit bull and a guy that breeds pit bulls that, you know, I've been maligned and spat on. And, uh, yeah, so they would really talk up the pit bull. Yeah, I'm on their side. But, you know, the BBC documentary played on Four Corners does have that added credibility of the proper journalistic voice. And you just go, well, that's, it's a, you know, the, the same be- old cultural cringe. It must be serious and good because it's got that British voice attached yep. to it. Yeah, they must be honest. Yeah. On that on that note, I watched SBS World News last night, and uh, there was there was one very annoyingly scripted um, report by a, a British journalist woman um, that was kind of just two chockers full of words. It was like they were wasting time. But I also noticed that they have this kind of habit of having cameras down low and and shooting up at people. Um, whether they be reporters kind of walking under the wings of aircraft or are, are a guest just, in another con- studio. Are you like confusing they- the news with upskirt videos? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but they, they had this... It wouldn't be the first time you've done that. They had this guy talking about oil prices um, and how, you know, what they're talking about uh, at federal government level about uh, taking five cents off isn't really going to make that any difference because in a week's time it's going to be five cents up anyway um but it was kind of like the camera was was at his belly level looking up at him and he, right he, he looked like this massive kind of jolly german dude and what does that shot say to your viewer um well short cameraman it's it says very short cameraman a, no it says breaking equal, news it's equal like opportunity it, employer it's like it's on the run that camera's being you know that's that's news footage type. Ah, yes. That's war type footage. You know, I'm holding the camera at waist level and I'm shooting around because I can't put it on my shoulder. There's too much urgency here. This guy has got an opinion about oil. <laughs> Run over to him with the camera. But they don't do that with the the presenters in the studio in the in the home studio. No, and it's also got the element that we might have snuck in here. He might not know. So there's secrecy, there's breaking news, there's they're shooting, urgency. They're shooting everything from a handbag. And so everything from a handbag. It's kind of annoying, though. 
Yeah. 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 Much, too much, much up like, nostril shots. Much like a podcast that goes on past its time. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 136. Oh. I want to say thanks very much to Lawrence Mooney. That's a pleasure. wonderful co-host. Thank you so much for, for coming on and That's regaling us with tales of uh, of television. It's nice to talk about television for an hour and a half and to have the premise of actually doing it for, you know, the greater good in it, front it of is, a microphone. It is the greater good. It feels good. It is the greater good. Thanks very much, Josh. Thank you, Brad. I want to say thanks to Crumpler, our giveaway sponsors. You can find them online at crumpler.com.au. They give us prizes to give away to the listeners and also... Presents to give away to guests. Like the Digit Sporty Guy 6.0, blue and orange, for you, Lawrence. <sighs> the Digit Sporty Guy yeah. for camera? It, 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 will, it will fit a camera. For anything it'll, digital. It'll fit a camera and more. Check out the picture on the back. It kind of lays uh, out. and I think a, a camera and... Wow. Uh, you might get one of those beta cam ones in there. And a couple of six-packs. Battery loop, belt loop, mesh pocket. Oh, fibre lining. You know what? Free stuff. He's tearing <laughs> up. Yeah, no, no, to be given, it's it's uh, it's paying homage to world of sport. To the none of the viewers, Franks. To the, none the, of the viewers go away empty-handed. Yeah, sale so, of the century. And it's Hillier chocolates. <laughs> Absolutely, it's really nice on a TV show as box cutters to get a giveaway. It's it's no it's one very goes important. home empty-handed. No one goes home empty-handed. <laughs> you will. Uh, there, there will be the box cutters home game coming out. Right. <laughs> Later the, on. We should it's, work on a board game. We should work on a board game. You know what? If at mm. the movies can have their own board game, mm. really. <laughs> like, the there's, you know, game. a chance. Thing. Yeah. You slept with, insert name, get a venereal disease, go back three places. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it should be. Yeah. Or you sleep with, insert TV producer's name, go ahead a hundred places. Hooray! Yeah. That's nice. We, sh- we should work on that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll get out an envelope. We'll draw some, some sketches. Right. And it'll, be, say- it'll be a learning experience too, because then you'll be able to see what you should do it in real life. Yeah. In yeah. the television industry, we can use your die as well. Yeah. The the one hundred, the the one hundred side of dice. The D one hundred. I also want to say thanks to Three Triple R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. Check them out on the web at rrr.org.au. Did I say the Crumpler website? It was uh, it was crumpler.com.au. I think you might have uh, just as I was pulling out the uh, digit there, and and <laughs> great for- <laughs> the, the Crumpler digit. Sporty guy. Hello, hello, <laughs> And great that uh, Triple R has a new uh, video podcast no, and cameras in the studio. It's Brett, you don't understand how technology works. It's an exciting dawn of a new age. If you want to email us, hooray at boxcutters.net, and don't forget to comment on the blog at boxcutters.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go into the iTunes Music Store and leave a review on the Boxcutters page. It will help other people find the podcast that you hopefully enjoy a lot. One question? Yes, Lawrence. What's the quiz question for next week? No quiz question for next week. <gasps> no quiz question for What's next Paul week. What's Paul Jackson going to do? <laughs> Come and collect his prizes. That's what he's going to do. Look, turn up, double the dosage, Paul, and get the hell in here. <laughs> Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm Lawrence Mooney. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Where's the camera? No High camera. waving.